Hello and welcome to Let It Be. This is episode number five. Oprah has been in town. Well, she's been in Australia. She's been in both our towns. Are you a fan? Oh, I am not a huge fan <laughs> of the Divine Miss O. Um, you know, and when we we had this this uh, entry in our little Evernote document of ideas, I'm like why am why am I not a fan of Oprah? Um, and it's it's been interesting to try and unpack it because. <laughs> you know, she does she does a significant amount of good for the world, you know. She's um she gives a huge amount of money to charitable causes, um, particularly based on girls and young women and uh, you know, she has many, many good points. <laughs> I think you know, and I think I figured out what it was. It was the uh particularly back in the day of the Oprah show and that whole enormous juggernaut. And then when she came to Sydney and it was just this huge spectacle, this festival of Oprah, it was all very extravagant. And um, that never was something that I was into, even when I was kind of living probably my most externally, you know, operated kind of when I was worried most about keeping up with the Joneses. Even then it was still not something that I was not not kind of drawn towards. So I think that's probably like the hangover and why I still don't identify as an Oprah fan. But also I think maybe there's a bit too much tendency to woo um, that, that <laughs> kind of drives me away. A bit too much of the secret for Brooke. Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah. say that. Yeah, a bit too much. So if you can de- Do you know what it is? And I, I hopefully I'm not going to alienate any American listeners here, but I think what Australians do struggle with sometimes is that concept of you can do anything, you can be anything you want, and we kind of go, well, but get, just tell us how. <laughs> you know, you, know, you, you you can give us the cheerleading, but you've got to give us the how as well. We're very practical people. Um, and I think that that's probably – I too, I want to love Oprah and I want to be fully on the bandwagon. And, you know, and when, you, when she came years ago, it was the first time she came to Australia and it was this big extravagant love fest for Oprah. I, was, I looked at it really curiously because I was like, everyone loves her. Why don't I love her? Um, I think for me, I have a tendency towards contrarianism in that <laughs> if everybody loves somebody, that I'm not going to love that person because I have to be a bit different. Um, you know, I can't. I hate jumping on bandwagons. And so buying into hype. Yeah. Mm. So I'm. So I go completely the other way. So you know, it's, it took me forever to jump on board, board with Brene Brown. It took me forever to get on board with Liz Gilbert. So so maybe. The same. Yeah. So maybe I'm just not. Yeah. And maybe I'm going to get there with Oprah because the whole reason we're talking about her today is my friend Vanessa, who writes on the blog Style and Shenanigans, she gave a really good breakdown of because what Oprah did when she came over for this particular tour is she went to all the cities and she basically did like a two hour a show where she did a two hour monologue to the audience. And, um, and Vanessa in a post on her blog, kind of broke down like 14 key points that Oprah made, which has, you know, puts me to mind of V being in the audience at Oprah scribbling notes rather than, you know, enjoying the experience, but I'm sure that's not what she did. Um, 
Um, but yeah, and then I read this post that V put up with these 14 points and I was like, wow, you know, I'm completely on board with everything, all, all these messages that Oprah was putting out here and I thought it would be interesting for you and I to, you know, to discuss some of those key messages. Um, and yeah, if you want to have a look at Vanessa's post, we will be putting a link to it in the show notes but um yeah the first one so there's 14 points but we're not going to go go through all 14 but the first one that you and I both really liked and resonated with was this concept that we are all co-creators of our own lives we have a say in what we choose how we react our intention and our energy so what thoughts on that book yes this is something that grabbed me immediately because I was I've always been brought up to understand that our reactions our um our responses they they are something that we choose so i remember i was having a hard time at school and i would have been in primary school and saying to my dad you know but i don't they make me feel upset they make Mm. me you know they're making me mad they're making me he said no no no, they're not because your choice is uh, your your reaction rather is your choice you're choosing to let them to, to let yourself feel that way as a result of what they're doing. He said it's it's because of course I protested, you know, as a 10, 11 year old girl, um, you know, I would say, but that's not true. Like if, if, if they weren't being mean to me, then I wouldn't <laughs> be feeling sad or I wouldn't be feeling angry. He said, well, that's true, but you can still choose your response. And that's something that has always been challenging. Like it's by no means an easy thing to do. Uh, but it's something that I have just grown up with in the back of my head and, continue to to kind of try and challenge myself when my reactions sometimes get the best of me so I um because I have a temper I do actually have a temper so (laughs) (laughs) you know it's always been challenging for me I guess to to not necessarily wear my heart on my sleeve all the time uh even though I feel like I'm driven to that it's important for me to understand that actually um you can choose. whether it's a useful way to a exactly. useful choice to make in the moment or not exactly you know your response is your responsibility is is another yeah oh totally I mean that particular um, point that Oprah made really resonated with me because it, it kind of took me back to a podcast I was listening to that was James Shramko on his Superfast Business podcast. He was talking to Seth Elworth, and this is this is kind of like one of like this was a life changing podcast for me. Like I listened to it and I was just like. Wow, and I immediately made changes in my life based on it. So it was that kind of those kind of revelations. And Seth said he said humans are nothing but a a pile of choices, um, which sounds you know a bit harsh and bit, but it's true. Uh, I kind of looked at that and went, it is true because every single day, every single minute of every single day, we're making choices about what we're doing and who we are. Um, and that's the other kind of <clears throat> powerful message he made was that he said the most powerful force in the entire universe is a human being trying to remain consistent with who they see themselves as. And who they see themselves as is their choice. Mm-hmm. So it kind of comes back to what your dad said to you, you know, you, you kind of putting things onto other people, but, you know, not that you want the average 14-year-old to have to be doing these things for themselves, but, you know, you have to make the choice to go, well, okay, the, I'm going to give these people power over me or I'm going to take that power back from them. And I, yeah, I'm just in love and it's a bit of a woo idea, I know, but I'm just in love with the fact that 
yeah, we are all piles of choices and we have so much more power over our lives than we kind of think we do. Yeah. I think there's something really, really powerful and also really terrifying in mm. realizing <laughs> that like the the choice is ours and like the choices might be incredibly difficult uh, yes. or really challenging to us as, you know, the person that we are, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely there. And I think opening your eyes up to that is, uh, it can really be a turning point. I think particularly, mm. um, you know, if you find yourself like I used to, and sometimes continue to be, it, you know, kind of falling into that victim mentality. Yeah. You know, and I think of life's just happening to me exactly. and I'm just reacting to life. And then, and then you have to kind of realize that, no, you know, what's panning out, you know, things happen. Shit, yeah. We've spoken about this before. Shit happens to good people, exactly. but then it's our choice how we react to that situation and, you know, how we react to what people say to us, what we take away from people saying to us. So, yeah, I, I totally, totally love that point that she made. Um, and then the next point that we both quite liked, now we're going really woo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is I really love this point she made about a spiritual life um, where she said, we're not humans having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And I I really, really love this because I think probably because I was raised a Catholic, um, raised to believe in God. um, And over time, and oh God, I can't believe we're going here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jump off, jump off, everybody. Um, But, yeah, I've gotten to the point where I'm not sure that I do believe in God or a higher being, but I really strongly believe in a spiritual realm and a spiritual world. I don't believe there's someone up in the heavens pulling strings. I don't believe there's any point praying to someone to keep your family safe, possibly because – I prayed a long time for people to keep my family safe and they didn't. Mm. You know, I lost my brother when he was 18 in a car accident. So that kind of made me realize that, okay, look, there's no one out there, you know, tweaking strings and deciding, okay, you have to live in a country that's constantly at war and you get to live in this beautiful paradise called Australia. Like I just believe like, you know, it's the luck of the draw. I'm privileged to live where I am. And But there is a – there's a really large spiritual part of me that does believe in, you know, looking after the world, looking after myself, what goes, not so much what goes around comes around, but that, you know, what we put out is what we get back, if that mm. makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> it probably makes no sense. <laughs> Please, my mum's not listening to this podcast. <sighs> it's really interesting that you say that actually and like I think this is a topic that we can maybe – run a whole show on because I think we've both got lots of thoughts about it but um interesting that you say like I hope my mum's not listening to that as well as a whole yeah anyway that's let's leave that for another show um I think what you like what you said makes sense and I understand exactly what you're trying to say um I am still processing a lot of of this kind of conversation myself and I'm starting to um not have questions necessarily. No, yeah, that's not true. Um, I actually, you know do you what? Think being, do you think being being a spiritual person means being very much in touch with yourself? Which sounds self centered and sounds indulgent, but 
Do you feel like that if we are really in touch with ourselves and our souls, um, that then that kind of projects really amazing stuff out into the world? That's kind of how I come at it. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. or Yeah, I do. I think um, what as I'm looking at this quote, as, I'm, as we're talking, um, even taking religion out of it. Yeah, and- which I think we have to because if yes. we're talking about a spirit, spiritual stuff, spirituality we do have to take religion out of it because i think that they're not mutually exclusive but i think you can certainly be a spiritual person without having to be a religious person that's right to identify it with a specific religion yes um, yeah. i agree and what i see it as is humanity like it's it's being locked into humanity and our connection and the fact that so many of us have the same goals and dreams and they look different mm-hmm. but you know to me that's the root of um, a spiritual experience is um, in recognizing and connecting with and switching on to the the humanity of people. Um, Absolutely, yeah. and I think that that's actually a really ne- nice segue to kind of her next point, where she she kind of makes the point that in order to connect with your base humanity and your your spirituality, you need to have time and space and quiet in your life. To do so, and I know I certainly over the years where you know, I was just a mad, frantic, hot mess um, of of doing and not enough being. Mm. Like I did find it very hard to connect with my spiritual self, and and I didn't have time and space, essentially, to be my best self. And if I if I wasn't being my best self, which I wasn't, then I wasn't being a lot of good to the world which I thought was a huge shame so I, that's what I kind of come you know I feel like if we and this is something you and I talk about a lot we've talked about it on our blogs we'll talk about it a lot in our podcast is if you're able to create time and space to really connect with your spiritual side then yeah what you're putting back out into the world is just going to be really magical yeah <laughs> it's considered you know it takes time to unpack our thoughts and um, our bias and our, you know, our obstacles and our, our personal challenges, like that takes time and energy to, to unpack. And when we're just cramming more and more input in and not giving ourselves any release valve or any time to output or to just sit and be with our thoughts and our, you know, it, it takes time to, to ruminate on these things, like yeah. a significant amount of time. And when you don't give that to yourself, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because what your maybe your thoughts aren't as considered, or you know you haven't. Yeah, spent well, everything time becomes packing. a knee jerk, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you know, everything becomes very reactive, as you say, and instead of considered. And when we're reactive, we're not we're not communicating as well as we can. We're not connecting as well as we can. Um, and when we're reactive, we make everybody, we make the people around us reactive too. And I, f- I feel it gets into this very vicious circle of like, if you're tired and irritable at home, you're, you know, then your kids will be irritable and grumpy and, you know, your partner will be irritable and grumpy. And then when you go out in the street and you, you'll be irritable to the cashier at the supermarket and then they'll go, well, no one, you know, no one even sees me and they'll go. And I just feel like there's these these ripples that that happen, whereas the opposite is true if we do have that time and space to just be considered and be intentional with what we're doing is, yes, yeah, suddenly we start creating more positive ripples out 
into the universe. Exactly. And I think there's a, a, there is a fine, a relatively <laughs> fine line between taking that time to consider and, and think and unpack and, you know, um, connect. And then you can very quickly and easily tip into um, like self-obsessive self kind of behavior where you spend too much time thinking about yourself and what will benefit you. And I mean, I don't know a lot of people who have the time to do that, but I know there definitely are behaviors that I think when you spend too much time thinking about yourself and how everything around you impacts on you, then I think that can become the negative side of the same thing. Um, you know, and I think we each have periods in our lives where that becomes the case and we become self-involved. You know, we were talking before we hit record about um, particular books that had we read them when we were, you know, 21, 22, however old we were or at our most self-involved, we probably would have loved them. But looking at them now as 30-somethings, we think, well, these books are horrible and these characters are awful because all they do is think about themselves. Yeah, (laughs) this is a completely self-indulgent tribe. Exactly, (laughs) you know, so there's... Uh, like there is, there's a time I think where you you learn a lot by spending a lot of time thinking about yourself. But then there is also a time where, um, you know, I think it's important to to do your thinking, to connect, to make that time, be really intentional about it. But then go and get out there and get into the world and you know live an, an outward facing life, if that makes sense. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I think that that relates again to another point that she made about being responsible for the energy that you bring. Um, So, you know, we are, you know, we're we're a pile of choices. We're spiritual people, whether we like it or not, whether we connect with that side of ourselves or not. Yeah. If we bring intention to our lives, then we can bring better energy to everything that we do and everywhere that we go. And I, I really, this is something I'm very, very conscious about, about, you know, the energy that I bring to various situations in my day. It, it touches off my perfectionist tendencies a little bit, um, that, co- that particular consciousness. But I do try to not put myself in a situation where I'm going to bring a negative, bring negative energy to the room or to the conversation or, um, yeah, to the conversation. Yeah, and I think this ties in really nicely with the first point, uh, which is kind of about choices, the choices that we make. And I think this is kind of an extension of that, uh, just thinking more specifically about the energy, which I've got to say is not necessarily something that I used to give a lot of thought to. And I think that probably used to show in my interaction. <laughs> um, you know, like before I had kids, before I got married, uh, people would often kind of ask me, um, oh, you're right. You seem really down. You seem kind of depressed. You know? and it wasn't necessarily those things, but I was um, not at all aware of the energy that I was bringing to a room, you know, or an environment or a situation or whatever. Um, and that's been a really conscious thing for me to shift over the years. Um, if you could, if you're going to be somewhere, then be there, you know, if you're, yes. going, you, if you're going to be present, if you're going to be part of something, then bring yourself. Like I'm, I'm introverted and quite often would be really pleased to just be sitting at home. Really well. <laughs> like, that's just, you know, that's where I get my, my energy from. But yeah. when I'm somewhere, then be there, you know, and I think it all just ties into intention and being present and choosing where your where your attention 
is. Um, yeah, and being realistic about where your energy, being realistic about your energy as well. And it's funny, I actually did this the other day. I'm going to out myself here and hopefully none of them are listening. But um, so I, we had the end of year dinner for all the mums in our class um, and I opted out of it Um I didn't have anything else on, um, but I opted out of it purely because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to bring a good energy to that dinner. It was a Friday night and Friday evenings for me, I just, I'm just shattered. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, sure enough, like at about four, five thirty, six o'clock, like I was just about asleep on the couch. Um, but then, you know, I, I kind of woke up around seven and you know, it was starting to get dark and I remember that there was these beautiful Christmas lights nearby, near our house and I kind of said to my husband like, oh, I feel a lot better now that I've had that little sleep. Um, should we, let's go have a look at those lights. And, you know, we just had the really lovely evening and like, you know, we we took the kids walking to have a look at these lights and then the kids, like, then we went to another, we went past the park where there was more lights and they were running around and they wanted to run and I was able to run with them and I was actually able to really, normally on a Friday evening, I'd be like, oh, no, guys, come on, let's go home. I don't you know, we've looked at the lights, let's go. Um, but, yeah, and I was able to just bring a really lovely energy to that night and it was so idyllic and beautiful and so it was just you know I I just feel I kind of was quite proud of myself because the easy thing would have been to just yes go to that dinner and then feel bad because I wasn't bringing the best of myself to that dinner and in choosing to be a bit smarter about it I was then able to do something really lovely with my family that was and I kind of really treasure that memory because it was like one of those real idyllic evenings where you're just like well isn't this really nice um so yeah I think you have to give yourself permission to be realistic about where your energies lie like I'm an introvert like you so mine do not lie with interacting with large large amounts of people um and I think it's just giving yourself permission to you know to, to honor that a bit yeah exactly and understanding that it's limited as well like our energy and the energy that we can bring to an ex- a situation is limited so, you know, so much, I guess, of what we end up talking about in these episodes is tied to intention as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really one of the key things that I think both of us would uh, nominate I, as really, really important to making these shifts over time. It's intention and working, Definitely. You know, working around it and within it and, and kind of switching on to the idea of, an intention, of intention and how it applies, I guess, to our, you know, our lives. Definitely. And I feel like, you know, I, I feel we've gone very woo in this particular episode. Um, thanks, Oprah. Um, See, this but- is my problem with Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but I feel like if we come back to that point about being intentional, I feel like that's a, a more practical place. It's, it's almost like a practical wrapping around all this woo stuff. Yeah. Um, is it, you know, it all, all this spiritual energy type stuff does come back to, yeah, just being, knowing yourself, being self-aware, knowing when and how to get the best out of yourself, when and how to bring the best of yourself and then using intentionalness um, 
to bring that to the table, you know, and you're not going to be perfect about it. We're not going to get it right every single hour of every single day. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I could have gone to that school dinner and had just really had the best time and the best conversations, but you just don't know when and how that's going to happen. But I still think, you know, I had a lovely evening. I created a beautiful memory with my kids um, because I was aware of what my limitations are in a lot of these situations. Exactly. I think Wu, um, Oprah style Wu is like a language <laughs> that, you know, that's kind of talking about concepts that I, I agree with, but maybe in a, I would, yeah, I, I'm more practical, I guess. Um, yeah. And I don't know, something about the Wu factor makes me feel. Well, we don't want to know that we can, we don't, we don't want someone to, like, I guess it, as I said at the top of this episode, we don't want just want someone to say, you can do it, you know, you can do all these things. We want them, you know, we want them to show us the way as well. And perhaps like on, you know, Oprah did talk for two hours at these things. I'm sure she gave really practical examples about how she actually made all these things happen. Um, and, yeah, that that would be really useful. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. we should have gone. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Cool. But yeah, I just think if we're going to bring it back to practicality, I do think a nice way to end is, yeah, being intentional sits beneath all of this stuff. Whenever you catch yourself being overly reactive making and making poor choices, just dial it back. Just take a step back, create a bit of space for yourself and go, right, I'm going to, yeah, be much more intentional about the decision I'm about to make now. What am I going to do? Good. Own it. Done. Exactly. Oprah could not have said it any better. <laughs> and uh, don't forget, you can connect with us on social media if you so wish. Uh, Kelly's at Kelly Exeter on Twitter and Instagram and A Life Less Frantic on Facebook. And I'm at Brooke McCallery on Twitter and Instagram as well and Slow Your Home on Facebook. And, I mean, I know we're only just getting started, but if you're enjoying the show so far and want to help spread the word and get us in front of more people... Um, it would be awesome if you could leave us a rating or a review in iTunes. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Jack Rabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.